0: Welcome to Web of Tomorrow, a podcast about the web and the people who build it. I'm Adam Garrett-Harris. Today, my guest is Sammy Powers. Sammy has a podcast all about PHP called the PHP Roundtable. I just wanted to have him on and talk about PHP and why it seems to have a bad reputation. So tell us a little bit about how you got started with PHP.
1: I've, I've done PHP for a really long time, uh, since like the late 90s, and the, the one thing that You do when you're back, you know, as as a kid, I was just kind of learning it just, oh, how do I um, do this random thing? And I go on Google and I find this really bad code and copy and paste it into my script. And it works and it's great, but it's got all these SQL injections in it and all this stuff that um, I didn't know about at the time. Um, And so I'm writing all this really bad code and copy and pasting from the web. And um, I didn't know this at the time, but lots of other people were doing the same thing. And a lot of people kind of, quote unquote, graduated from that um, sort of way of coding into other, um, programming languages. Like, um, Ruby was a big one. Um, when Ruby on rails came out, a lot of PHP developers went over there and they learned how to code quote unquote the right way or a different way that wasn't copying and pasting from the, um, whatever answer they could find on Google. And so a lot of people have this attitude of like, Oh, well I've, f- I've learned how to do it the right way in Ruby. And so they think of PHP back in the days when PHP was, Uh, not fully object oriented or it didn't have a whole lot of object oriented support. And it was um, full of lots of security problems with it and everything like that. And so when I'm having conversations with people, especially if they're programmers and I talk about what I'm doing, I, I, I find myself using really vague terms. Like, yeah, I use a web-based scripting language most of the time uh, for most of my work. <laughs> and I really avoid the words PHP. Um, and I noticed I was doing it the other day with, uh, with one of my, um, my friend's dads. And we were just at this party or whatever. And he was talking about, oh, yeah, I'm a software engineer. I've been doing it for a long time, I'm, like in C Sharp and stuff. And I was like, oh, cool. I do web scripting language. And my girlfriend's like, yeah, he uses PHP. And like, I was like, nah, you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was funny because in the car afterwards, I was like, that's kind of like, I try to avoid saying that because it does have such a bad rep. And not everybody scoffs at you, but in your head, because you're so used to the stereotype, you're almost sort of expecting it. You're expecting that little like smirk that they give you. And you're like, are you smirking because you think I, I program like I did back in the 90s? Or are you smirking because... You can relate to um, relate to me as a software developer or whatever. I don't know, uh, but yeah, it definitely has a bad rep, and I definitely find myself avoiding using the term PHP quite a bit when I'm meeting new programmers.
0: So, what what is the actual reaction that you that you get from people when you tell them?
1: Most of the time, it's it's pretty normal, like just um, nice and like, oh, cool, you know. Uh, you know, I I hear it's, it runs most of the web or whatever like that, but every once in a while you will get that one person, um, who just scoffs and they're just like, Oh, okay. So they kind of like end the conversation, like, Oh, I thought we were having a real conversation, but you're just a PHP programmer. So a lot of times they, they'll just say, Oh yeah, I'm just joking or whatever. But like, still it's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of annoying that you're being like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So PHP was actually one of my first languages. And just like you said, I was just copying and pasting stuff. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, for sure. But there's tons of examples to copy and paste from.
1: <laughs> yes, there is.
0: <laughs> so you said the main reason it has, it gets a bad rep is there's been a lot of bad code that's been copied and pasted. Are there yeah. other reasons I think
1: one of PHP's features is also one of the reasons why it has a bad rep. It's it's famously quoted as being really really good at running really really bad code, and it really is. Like it goes in there and tries to figure out what you're trying to do, even though you might maybe writing it poorly. Um,
0: uh, it sounds like JavaScript. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's true. Yeah, totally. And. And although this is a great feature, it also um, embraces backwards compatibility. And so scripts that ran on PHP 3 can still run on PHP 7 today, a lot of times. That's becoming less and less true with every major version that gets released. But because backwards compatibility is so embraced with PHP, um, I, I feel like there's also this stigma that goes with it. It's like if you're doing iOS development and you're on Swift. And I I heard my friend um, was telling me that like, man, they make huge breaking changes all the time. Uh, I don't know. Are you a Swift person?
0: No, I've looked into it a little bit.
1: I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but he was saying that one, one of the major breaking changes they made was like just all of objects were being passed by reference and they switched it to pass by value or something or, or vice versa, like in a version change. And I was like, what? Like, (laughs) I I can't imagine th- being in an environment where that much of a breaking change would happen between all the between major versions. But anyway, it's just if you're if you're used to like really fast paced breaking changes and then you look back at PHP and it's still able to run your old code that you wrote back in the 90s, um that probably kind of ties into that a little bit more. I I'm, I'm assuming. And there's just like a lot of, you know, you just Google like what programming language is best or which programming la- programming languages suck. You're gonna find a lot of a lot of bashing of a bunch of programming uh, languages, and and PHP is definitely one of the main targets that you see a lot of times on the Google searches. I think it just kind of um, perpetuates the the stereotype that it is um, a crappy language, and you are a crappy person for wanting to code in it, right? And Perl get, you know, Perl gets the same bad rep. It's not just PHP. <laughs> Thanks, Captain <the> Bad <laughs> Well,
0: it's it's super popular, right? So, do you know how popular it is, and and what are some of the reasons why it's popular?
1: Um, I I don't know the exact numbers. I do know that um, there are some kind of anecdotal stories about it running the majority of the world, the web, you know, via, via WordPress and a couple of other CMSs. I definitely think that's kind of low entry to barrier or low barrier to entry is one of the main things that makes it so popular because it's so easy to just get up and running like when you start programming you just add a few lines of code and refresh the screen and you see what you did like it's it's super easy um, to get started and it and it runs on everything like every like my router is probably running it's got a version of php on it like every device that you can possibly think of so you can get to a command line you could probably run php from it um, So it's just super. It's it's on everything. Super low barrier to entry, and it's. um, I think it's just some of the things that's really poised it for, for being a super highly popular, popularly used, popularly. <laughs> I'm a linguist. I can make up words. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it sounds very similar to a lot of the reasons why JavaScript is popular. It. Yes. It runs everywhere, and it's the only language that runs on the client side. and right. It's super easy to get going, and it's super forgiving. And, and there's no breaking changes in JavaScript or they'd break the web. Right. <laughs> Is that kind of the philosophy they have with PHP 2? They don't want to break anything that there's just so many things running PHP. They don't want to make breaking changes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I dabble in internals a little bit. I added um, some security features to PHP 7 and have kind of added some bug fixes and things. And so I've gone through the process of trying to push the language forward um, and I've gotten some pushback a little bit when trying to do something that's a little too progressive. Um, so especially when things are um, do cause backward incompatibilities. And there's things that just sort of like make the language a little nicer. Um, just some sugar, some some syntactic sugar that we could add just to make it just that much nicer. But it's not necessary because. There are things you can already do it in a different way. They're just kind of ugly, and those are the things that sort of get pushed back from the the I guess you could say the the old board of of PHP internals or the old guard or whatever the the term is. And and I think that's one of its selling points is that it can still run really old code, but it also does kind of hold back the language from progressing too much. Like for example, multi threading is is not a trivial thing in PHP. Um, there's ways to do it. You can add extensions to do it, but it's not baked into the language like, say, with Go or other or Rust or some of these other languages that have that stuff baked in. Will it ever become part of it? Um, I don't know. There's been talk of adding... Um, Oh man, there's so many things that they've been talking about adding. That the, the problem is that some of these things that they they go up for discussion to talk about, okay, how we're going to add this, what's the actual implementation going to look like, and then it just gets bike shedded to to kingdom come. And it's just it's one of those things that like we tried to implement, for example, um, uh, short syntax for for closures or callbacks, just so, sort of like ES6 uh, JavaScript's latest way of 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 doing these little closures or callbacks, uh, the yeah. little short syntax, we tried to do that in PHP, but the way that they were trying to implement it, it was not exactly like they, they saw in ES6. And so a lot of people were like, no, we can't, we got to do it this way, or it's, it's not quite that good. And so it, it goes, there's a lot of back and forth and there's tons of features that almost got added to PHP that never made it just because of, of kind of the bike shedding and, and wanting to keep things the way that they've always been.
0: So what are some of the reasons that people say they don't
1: like the language? Uh, some a lot of the reasons they bring up our stuff that was that was fixed a long long time ago. A lot of people haven't really taken a look at the at PHP in a in a really long time, and yeah. I can totally get that. Like if I if the last time I looked at PHP was in the nineties, like of course I'm going to think of all the things that, like PHP in the nineties is not a very great language, especially going up against some of the modern languages. Uh, But security is like kind of like the biggest one. Looking at examples of code online of people's actual PHP scripts, you're like, holy crap, lots of people write really insecure code. But you can also write really insecure code in myriad other languages. It's just PHP. You you see lots of examples of all the time. Um, And so you might start thinking, well, just PHP developers don't care about security. That's not true. There's lots of really (laughs) insane InfoSec people that are devoting a lot of time and making not only PHP better internally, but educating the community. Scott Arsaszewski is uh, one of those people who have been really educating the community and spends a lot of time writing blog posts about security and cryptography and and, and basically doesn't make assumptions about like how, like if you're not already a, a security expert, he takes you from like the ground level and gets you there. Um, Chris Cornett's another uh, great InfoSec nerd. Anthony Ferrara, he's from Internals, has added a lot of security features. So there's lots of people who are really um, hard at work making not only just the code more secure, but educating the the community overall in security. So I'd say that's probably the number one thing that people nag on 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 PHP for.
0: Okay, so security, but that's not really a valid reason, right?
1: <laughs> right? right? So yeah, what else? Um, probably some of the things I've heard are, are, that people are like, well, PHP doesn't support this, and it doesn't have that. It doesn't support generics. It doesn't have um, async stuff baked in. It doesn't have like I mentioned earlier, multi-threading forking or any kind of parallelization that like, baked in, although they, they can be done. It's just not intuitive. I think those are the main reasons that I'm thinking that people complain about with PHP.
0: Uh, yeah. I've also, uh, ch- I checked out phpsadness.com.
1: <laughs> yes. PHP sadness. That is a good website to go to, to see about the the complaints about PHP. There's a lot of those that have actually been updated and added to the language.
0: Yeah. So I, I was looking, I don't know how up to date it is, Theres one saying that error messages are not very helpful.
1: Yes, useless error reporting number forty four detail and error messages yeah, it's just kind of comparing yeah the error messages with something that like Perl would generate something more useful. There are times where the error messages aren't super useful, but I don't run into that super a whole lot, especially after working with more lower level languages or like working with C. I mean, come on, you get a segmentation fault and then, you, then you're you using that's the only error you get. Like compared to to that, it's the error messages are amazing um, yeah. instead of stepping through with a debugger. Uh, but uh, I don't know, maybe compared to like Rustling, I've been dabbling in Rustling and it's got some really super explicit error messages, which are kind of nice like almost overly verbose error messages. There's one that's complaining about the unexpected t (laughs) pyom tai nuke I don't know how to say that. (laughs) It's this, uh, it's a token. So it's a, it's one of the... it's it's the scope resolution operator or the double colon which internally is represented as this T pim it's it's like Hebrew or something and I can't remember what it's supposed to stand for but sometimes you'll get an error message that's like unexpected this really long token name and but it just means scope resolution operator so it's sort of like almost like an Easter egg but it's under here, under the PHP sadness here.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I wonder what it is. Were they were they just trying to be funny, or I I don't th-
1: I I think it was I it might be Zev Zaraski who was the one who added that, and I think he's from Israel. Um, and I okay. think it was just sort of like a little a little taste of Israel in there. I guess I I don't I don't know the exact story behind it. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but Z e e v s on Twitter, Zevs or Zev Zaraski. I just want to make sure I'm putting his Twitter handle in here. Z e e VS. Yeah. Maybe we can ping him on Twitter later and see
0: if he'll give us the story. <laughs> yeah. That'd be interesting. So what do you what do you think should be done about this like reputation that PHP has? Um, I don't know if it's
1: really unique to PHP. I, I just maybe maybe it's just sort of like a general as as software engineers, how do we approach other languages and languages that maybe haven't been updated in a really long time or just like really old languages or like different communities. And I, I, there is definitely a us versus them mentality. A lot of times I feel like with, with software developers and as a software developer, who's like dabbling in lots of different languages, I don't, I don't like to just be, Oh, I'm only this one language. I like to, to see what good things, PHP has to offer, what good things Rustling has to offer, what good things C-Sharp has to offer, and really just share share the love and like cross-pollinate. And there's so many things that I've learned from other programming languages that I've tried to pull back into PHP and vice versa that I think that it, it's really important to to for us not to get too bogged down into either one community or just a, a group of communities. I think if you're just stuck with just web languages, if you only ever just use Perl, uh, which is not entirely just web language, but if you've only ever used um, Perl, PHP, and Ruby, for example, and never really expanded down to like closer to the metal and gotten like some of these where you're like allocating memory in the exact spot that you want and all this stuff and having fun with that, um, it's sort of it's it could take you to another level. And I think just being first of all just kind of educating yourself on on multiple languages, but also really from the community standpoint, not getting not jumping on the bandwagon of language bashing. Um that's another kind of really important sort of thing. I, I mean I'm even tempted to like if I see a Perl script to think of the Perl scripts that I wrote back in the 90s and think, oh and we want to say some sort of thing, something silly about Pearl or make bash Pearl or make a Perl Pearl joke or something. But one of the most brilliant programmers I know is uh wrote um he was one of the core contributors to MojoLicious, which is a Perl um web framework. And he's I've learned so much from him, just like I didn't even know. I, I there was so I learned a lot from him, and and he's a he was a Perl programmer for like the longest time, and that was his primary language. Just because so many programs in a specific language doesn't mean that they're dumb or they're really smart. I mean, there's been really dumb scripts written in some really cool languages, and vice versa. Um, so I, I think I think it's just if we all took the time to just like take a breath and say, okay, what does what does this community or what does this language have to offer? Like even if we're kind of ready to judge it, to just kind of Be more...
0: uh, Be more open. More more open,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to say it.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, there's no perfect programming language. Exactly. (laughs) Or uh, or framework, because this isn't just languages there's framework bashing absolutely and uh, any any sort of other community any paradigms or ways of ways of doing things object oriented or functional or whatever
1: exactly and and i think that's that that's happening even within the php community you have a a framework like laravel which is really really popular it's it's like super architected from the ground up with just just all these great paradigms that people are like really into and then you compare that to like wordpress which is very uh it's coded in a way that that you would typically t- code at a web page in the '90s. Like it's you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's very um, it's very different approach. But WordPress does something right. They're doing something really right. And I'm I'm going to be having a WordPress episode on my podcast soon because I I can't believe I've gone this long without having a WordPress episode. But they're so widely used. They make it so easy to create a website to manage a website that they're focusing on a totally different thing and they're doing it so well. We could totally learn from that. We can take what they are doing. Their community is huge. And like, what are they doing right that we can take those tidbits and apply them to our communities as well? Yeah. That kind of thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, actually back in the day before I ever heard of WordPress, I decided to make my own CMS using PHP Nice and, uh, it was so bad. It was a it was a fun learning experience. I'm not saying the code is bad. It was just it was a it was a weird idea of how I was doing it. I, I didn't have a database or anything. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it you just wrote out it wrote out static files. I think I do. Nice. But then when I discovered WordPress, I was like, this is amazing. Yes. All you have to do, you can you can customize a theme. You can write a plugin. But you can get up and going so fast, and then hand it over to somebody else, non technical, and they can pretty much figure it out. You can teach them a few things, and then they can. They can do it themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are some things from PHP that someone else that's not as familiar with it could look at and learn to appreciate?
1: Um, Some of the things that we've already talked about, like backwards compatibility, um, I I don't think we, as programmers... See the value of backwards compatibility because it's it, it's less about. I, I think when we when we get to coding, we just think about the code and how do we improve the code, how do we make the code better. And if you're an open source maintainer, for example, it's really tempting to t- to break the API and make it um, better, like quote unquote better, because you've rethought it and the problem's been rethunked. There's totally value in that, but there's also this the value of backwards compatibility. It it's more touches on the human aspect and the developer experience. And that's one thing that PHP overall really hits well with is that backwards um, compatibility and just making sure not to break things as uh, going forward.
0: Is there, is there a way that they do that well if they need to make a breaking change?
1: Uh, yes. Uh, well, so it depends. If it's security-related there's pretty much they're pretty much going to push it through but there's going to be people fighting still um but there there's there's been a couple places where they've they've broken uh done a breaking change for security reasons which is like really great so i'm, I'm happy they're doing that um another way that they do it is um for example they they recent um uh, in php7 one uh one of the the internals contributors uh lee chuck he fixed the random number generator the pseudo random number generator not the cryptographically secure one but mt rand uh, mercy twister uh, implementation of the RNG in PHP was broken. So he went in there and he fixed it. And he also aliased this other function called RAND, which was just using the system's random number generator to empty RAND. So to generate better random numbers instead of relying on the unreliable systems uh, RNG. But when he did that, it changed how random number generators were generated in PHP 7.1. So, if you wanted to bring back the old compatibility because you wanted to generate, for example, using a, a known seed and generate the same sequence of values, um, you could basically add this um, this option, which was like a predefined constant, and it would like basically allow you to use the old behavior. So, like they, they they're kind of like okay. always thinking of like, okay, how do we make this so that people um, can still do the the old thing without breaking too many things.
0: That's nice because you might you might think nobody would want to do the old behavior, but you never know. Exactly.
1: Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so many times where they're like, "There's no way in crap anybody is doing this," and then as soon as they release the patch, like fifteen thousand bugs come in. They're like, "We are doing this because this is how we've always done it." We're like, "Wow, people are actually doing this," and they have to revert the patch and do it a different way. Like it happens all <laughs> the time. Yeah.
0: What What else? What what else
1: for um, what
0: else uh, What else does PHP do well?
1: Um, making it super easy, uh, for people to get onboarded. And this is this one a lot of people, a, a lot of programming languages can learn a lot from this. And I feel like there's been some of the newer programming languages have taken a chapter out of PHP's, PHP's book here and and tried to make it onboarding new developers as easy as possible. Because it, it, it re- I feel like it really is important to focus on the community, on people. Like we, we forget that as software engineers a lot of times, like it does come back to like we are just people trying to figure this stuff out. And if we can make this as uh, a programming language as easy to onboard, like it might be hard to learn eventually, but like just to make it as easy as, as possible, do that hello world and to make those baby steps into where to get really like hardcore into the language, then then I think you're doing something right to, to, for, to make those baby steps all along the way.
0: Yeah. I mean, this, this is one thing Re- React was really bad about at first mm. and has gotten better at because before it's like, okay, here's how you set up Webpack and Babel yes. and this and that and all this configuration. And it's like half a day and you haven't even written any code yet. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And now they just have create react app. You just do that and you're good to go. And then you don't have to do any of that configuration or installing. And, uh, it just has a little hello world there for you that you can just change and start playing with. That's awesome. So I think that's, that's really cool. I think Swift does a good job with that too, with their playground. I haven't played with it. Yeah. They just have this thing called Swift playground and it's like a repl. Cool. Nice. See anything else that does well? Um,
1: (laughs) running really bad code. Um, that one is it.
0: So it's that, forgiving, yeah.
1: It's very forgiving. There's definitely trade offs, though. Um, in order to support crazy things, you have to not allow crazy things at the same time. There's, there's. Um, I'm trying to think of a specific example that came up not too long ago. Maybe it was. I, I this is this wasn't one of them, but just a for instance, like. In some languages, you can add uh, separators and int literals. So like, uh, for example, if you wanted a thousand separator, you could do like one underscore zero, 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 right? Like when you're writing int literals in your code. This this wasn't a problem with PHP, but it's kind of like this, as if we couldn't implement that feature in PHP because we're supporting this weird thing that has existed there since the very beginning of time and we're never going to remove it kind of thing. Int literal separators was an RFC that actually got denied um for whatever reason everybody was like again was really in for it and they were going to support it but then last minute didn't go through for some reason uh but but there are there are vestigial things that exist in php like you can add uh the letter b before a string literal and it was a vestigial syntax if you will from php6 which never got released but it uh, huh. it was supposed to it was supposed to mark the string as i think um Oh crap! I'm forgetting what it was. It was supposed to mark it as uh, byte something. It had to do with uh, UTF8 in- encoding because they were trying to make uh, UTF8 be supported from the ground up. Um, basically, recoding all the things, all the extensions, everything internally to be UTF8. Uh, actually, UTF8 was it UTF8 or UTF16? Oh my goodness! I should have looked this up before. And we had a whole episode on it on my on my podcast, and there was okay I learned a lot. On uh, what they were trying to do with PHP 6, which never got released.
0: So they didn't release it, but they released parts of it. Yeah, so like, it, parts of it made it in.
1: Eventually, it got it got versioned as I believe PHP 5.4. The bits that that survived. I'm actually pulling okay. up the show notes here to see if I can see real quick what it said. Okay, so it was for they were trying to add uh, Unicode specifically UTF8. Uh, I'm sorry, UTF16. Um, but it negatively impacted the performance, and there were some other. Problems that just made the project kind of not work, but all the bits that were going to be added that weren't part of that whole refactoring process got added to PHP 5. Either 5.3 5. or 5.4. not probably 5.3. Okay. Yeah, but that's a whole nice, interesting story about what happened to PHP 6. We have yeah, it sounds
0: on. like um, Ecmascript 4 never got released. Oh, really? Yes, ES4. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear about so that. So it went it went from ES3 to ES5 to ES6. <laughs> and then ES6, of course, got renamed to ES2015.
1: Oh, yes. Version numbers are hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Naming things is hard. Numbering things should be easy. <laughs> you would think so, right? <laughs> so back in the day when I was writing PHP, I have no idea what version number it was. But I would do a lot of things where you've got your PHP code mixed in with HTML code mixed in with PHP and, uh, you know, it, just anywhere the PHP started, it would be less than percent PHP, I, th- I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, is that completely different or kind of? My, yeah. My question yeah. is, how is PHP written today? Is it like that at all?
1: You, you can still write it like that. So the the whatever, the angle bracket, question mark, PHP, then you write your PHP, then you close it out with a question mark, angle bracket. And then, yeah. then you write your HTML, then you open up another PHP. Uh, there are definitely scripts that still do this. Uh, the In PHP 7, some of the short script tags got removed. Like you used to be able to, or there's some tags where you could enter PHP by using something that looks like a like you would uh, write JavaScript, but it was for PHP um, in HTML. That's that kind of stuff doesn't. I don't think many people are using that. Well, of course we say that, but there's probably millions of people using that. But the mm-hmm. the the biggest yeah, because it's, it's so easy to get up and going. Right? Just why not? <laughs> um. The the biggest problem with with that uh, doing it that way, though, actually, besides maintainability and just trying to write code that you can not pull your hair out trying to figure yeah. out what's going on. Um, but big security issue, you know, make like it's so easy to just let these uh injections happen. Um I'm blanking on the not cross site request forgery. I'm thinking of uh when you inject uh bits of code into a web page. Um Are you talking
0: about SQL injection?
1: Uh that too, but like this one where they Oh, like were, you
0: inject JavaScript code? Yeah,
1: like if it's uh crap, what is it? Uh brute logic on on Twitter. Let me I follow him. He's always talking tweeting about this. I don't know why I'm blanking on this.
0: Yeah, I'm not a big security person. Is it cross-site script cross-site yeah. scripting?
1: Yeah, cross-site scripting. One of those one of those beautiful things. XSS. I'll we'll just say XSS. Okay. That's hard to say. <laughs> yeah, so so easy to inject code, you know, like uh, when you're like echoing all these PHP variables straight in your HTML. So a lot of um it, PHP still will allow you to do that, but uh, the the community in general um, uses templating engines and there's lots of them to choose from. Um, a lot of people who use uh, like frameworks like Symfony or, or Laravel or something, they'll have a templating engine baked right in. But you, even if you're not using a web framework, it's easy to pull in a component um, like Twig, which is a templating engine in PHP, um, that, that basically handles a lot of that, um, prevents a lot of that cross-site scripting behind the scenes for you without... You having to worry about it so much.
0: Yeah, so so when I think back to myself writing PHP, and of course, like I'm a beginner coder when I was doing this, so it was terrible. No matter what language it was, right? But I'm thinking (laughs) about that HTML mixed in with PHP. That's the only thing that comes to mind when I think of eight. You know, when I think (laughs) of PHP, is mixing it in with HTML. And so, like, of course, I'm gonna think, oh, I don't, I don't think I like that. I don't think I like PHP.
1: (laughs) Exactly. No, 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 no. Like that's, I, I do. There was an old. Project I found on my computer that did that, and I'm like, holy crap, this is a blast from the past! Like, this it looks like a totally different language. Um, so have you heard of auto loading in PHP? No, okay, this is one of those things that came into PHP, I think around PHP 5.3 ish. Uh, there's there was different types of auto loading, um, but kind of got refined. But basically, um, now if you create classes, you can create a uh, say you have a class called uh, foo. And you name the the file name foo, and, and the file only has just that class in it. Like there's nothing else. There's no other code in it, but just this class. So if I'm if I'm running a a a a PHP script that actually has auto uh, auto loading enabled, um, either by um, by me coding it like to enable auto loading and be like, okay, this is where all my files are located, or if I'm using another auto loader um, from like our package installer called Composer, um, it it will automatically include that file for me. So I don't have to have this giant list of include files at the very top of my of my script of all my dependencies and the things that I want to pull in. I just reference okay. the class name and PHP automatically f- figures out where it is and grabs it and includes it for me, which is really cool. So the way that we um, architect apps in PHP... Um, is really, really, uh, especially if, or if you're going like an object-oriented approach, is really broken up like with all the classes having their own separate files. And and you basically have this bootloader or this start or bootstrapping file that just basically pu- uh, starts up the autoloader, starts your app, and then just magic starts happening behind the scenes and pulls everything that we need to do that's that's sort of like more getting into the more modern PHP and it's and it's actually kind of funny when i go into like another programming language that doesn't have autoloading it's really hard for me to figure out how to architect the the app because i'm so used to auto loading and just having all my classes all nicely separated in the namespaced in this in this nice little architecture and my folders exactly match my namespacing in the code and like all this stuff that just the way i think about code and architecting an app is very different in PHP Then if I have to do it and say rustling where I have no idea what I'm doing in rustling, I'm just, I'm, it's just, I feel like a fish out of water.
0: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So where, where can people go to learn more about PHP, especially modern PHP, if you haven't used it in a while?
1: There's a website called PHP the right way. Um, and it's, it talks a lot about, um, sort of the modern, um, ways of doing PHP, uh, phptherightway.com. And it talks about auto loading, like we just talked about, dependency injection, which apparently a dependency injection uh, is, that, is that like kind of a, a thing that people do outside of PHP very much? Yeah. I mean, okay, cool. Because I, I, I was listening to, I think it was CPP cast for C, and a lot of the C developers um, had never heard of dependency injection. I, I guess it's just not that style not a good style to use in c++ or they were just unfamiliar with it but uh, dependency injection is pretty huge in php let's see it's got uh talks about templating like we talked about earlier like how you shouldn't be doing php like you had mentioned with just opening that php tag and closing it (laughs) (laughs) um some uh talks about security um and testing uh php unit is is kind of the main de facto unit testing framework but there's lots of lots of different frameworks out there for testing for like doing integration testing and acceptance testing and all that kind of stuff uh coding practices um when dealing with uh uh, localization and all that kind of stuff um how to manage dependencies with composer yeah just just lots of different information out there about how to do it quote unquote right way I i don't like saying the right way because i feel like there's it kind of like prevents you from exploring and, and being like, well, maybe it's better to do it this way. It probably isn't better doing it this way, but it's still good to learn
0: uh, yeah. how to do it differently, right? That's cool. Yeah. It reminds me of a book called JavaScript, The Good Parts. I, I, yeah. I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah. So have you seen, there's a classic picture of JavaScript, The Good part, Parts It's this tiny little book and then stacked on top of it is JavaScript. Oh, yes. The, I have seen that. <laughs> like the complete guide or whatever. Yeah. I and it's huge. <laughs> cool. So where can uh, people find you and your podcast online if they want to? Well, you
1: can find me on Twitter. I'm at Sammy K, S-A-M-M-Y-K. And my podcast is phproundtable.com. And we just talk about PHP and whatever's going on. I haven't had an episode in a while because I'm actually in the process of moving. So I was going to try to squeeze one in before I, before I moved. Uh, and I, you can, I also blog at SammyK.me. And I blog about uh, Facebook app development or just Facebook platform um, and developing on the Facebook platform as well as some PHP internal stuff. And I have a um, – I've started doing some screencasts. So I've been doing screencasts on how to write tests for PHP source. So it's actually testing the core uh, PHP stuff, not like how to write tests in PHP. Um, and then also I, my latest one is finding, a, finding and patching a bug in PHP source. So for those who are interested in, um, say, digging into some C code, uh, PHP is written in C, so there's lots of uh, C code you can kind of dig into. Um, hopefully uh, my latest blog posts about uh, finding and patching a bug in PHP source will be helpful for you. That's cool. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate
0: it. That's it for this time. Thank you so much for listening. If you've been enjoying the show, please leave a review on iTunes and tell your friends about it. And stay tuned for a big announcement coming up soon. The best way to keep up with the show is to subscribe with your favorite podcast player and to follow us on Twitter at weboftomorrowfm. Also, I just got a new website. So the show is now at orbit.fm slash Tomorrow. Thanks again.